0: Hey there Powderkeg fans, Nick here from the Powderkeg team, and this is episode 105 of Powderkeg Igniting Startups, the show for entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators building remarkable tech companies in areas outside of Silicon Valley. For today's episode, we're going back to where Matt spoke with Chris Hively, who is currently the VP of Innovation at TechStars. Chris is a serial entrepreneur, speaker, investor, and startup founder, and was one of the original co-founders of MapQuest a free web and mobile mapping service that empowers customers to engage with and navigate the world around them. This interview is from all the way back in November 2016, and we're pulling it out of the archives because later this month, on October 16th, we're hosting a VIP event at the industries location in Raleigh, North Carolina, discussing the topic, Why Tech Thrives, in Raleigh, Durham, where Chris will be one of our featured guests. We'll be live streaming the event on Facebook, so if you can't make it, be sure to check it out there. Now let's get started.
1: I want to make sure we dig into some very important pieces of the startup pitch and how that plays a role uh, everywhere from initial idea to funding to growth um, and recruiting the team. Uh, And it's really cool because you have a lot of companies involved in those spaces. Uh, But I want to take it back first to the early days. Um, How involved were you uh, in the early days of MapQuest sort of forming its pitch uh, and, and working through that
2: process. Uh, so it's, it's funny, I've, uh, I, I kind of grew up as a kind of technical person, I actually learned how to code even though I was a geographer, <laughs> and uh, I was a terrible geographer, I was an okay geographer and a coder, which back in the day made me very unique. Yeah. Sometimes I say I'm the first map geek, right? <laughs> um, but one of the things that I was able to develop early on, and I didn't know I had it till people started telling me I had it, is the ability to kind of translate kind of technology and difficult technology in a way that was consumable by whoever was sitting on the other side of the chair.
1: Such an important skill.
2: Yeah, and, at, and, it's, and it's at its gross level, you know, not gross, disgusting, but kind <laughs> of at its large level, uh, pitching is all about kind of trying to share your thoughts with the audience to the way they want to consume it. And whether you're talking to an investor, which is maybe one kind of a pitch, or a potential employee, whether you're sitting at a table between you and I, or whether you're sitting in front of an audience of a thousand people, how best can I kind of get them to consume my message? Mm. And that's really what a pitch is about. And somehow I learned how to do that early on. And I was always the pitch dude, right? Because I could translate it. Um, Second part is obviously I'm a little passionate. You'll see me get all kind of Tommy boy here. Uh, I think when you, you can tell even the most boring things, if you tell it with passion, People give you a lot of room.
1: Well, let's go back to that first point of being able to deconstruct the technology or what you're building into what the audience wants to consume. Is there a common thread that regardless of audience, they're going to want to hear this one piece about the technology or they're going to want to get um, this, this one sort of concept of what it is?
2: Well, I guess it all depends what the audience wants. And you know, if you're sitting in an audience of 1,000 people, there's probably not one thing, right? If you're sitting at a table, there's probably one thing. I always tell people, start with who the audience is and what they want and what you want to communicate, and then fic- you know, kind of fill in the, the pitch from there. Yeah. I always go to the end and look to the front yeah. is kind of my analogy there. And so I, I think, so, uh, and then of course, depending on who the audience is, you can also kind of set the level of, maybe technology or the letter you know, the letter level of acronyms or you know, you gotta talk to the audience. So um, would you always
1: research your audience before going and presenting?
2: Uh, if by research you mean ask the person that asked me to come who the audience will be yeah. and two minutes later have an answer, <laughs> sure. Uh, that's probably as deep as I want. I, I probably, yeah, I certainly would do that. I think more importantly, I sit and I think. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, if I'm sitting in this audience and I get bored really easily. So almost everything I, every speech or pitch that I do, I'm thinking about, all right, how can I get them to enjoy what I'm saying and get it in a consumable way and not bore them? Uh, That's like the worst thing. My worst fear is boring people.
1: What were some of the things that you did to make sure the audience stayed engaged, specifically at at MapQuest?
2: Yeah, so one of the things, so they they say there's two schools of thought in pitching. One is that you wanna remain kind of in your moment, right? You want to kind of you know keep your gestures down, small. You want to be in this space. Yeah, that's not me. <laughs> I, I'm bigger than that. And so, uh, like one of the things we teach our TSF companies is you know first and foremost you have to be you, which is being authentic, and that will kind of shine through. Mm-hmm. So. For instance, when I do, and I remember doing a talk at like CES, which is the big consumer election. It was either CES or Comdex. It was the two big shows, Vegas, 100,000 people. I remember sitting, the first time, I'm probably in front of 5,000 people, and I'm stuck behind a podium. And I just remember that experience as being a terrible experience because my personality couldn't come out. And that was the last day, or the last time I said, I'm going to be, I'll do what they want me to do No, Now you're gonna do what I want to do. I want a lavalier. And I want to be able to move. Mm. And so even today, I'll go out into the audience. I want to engage people. I want to look them in the eye. I want to smile. Yeah. I want to get them fired you up. You specifically
1: ask for a lavalier microphone. All the time. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Certainly no
2: podium. Handheld if I have to. Yeah. Lavalier, much preferred.
1: Oh, that's great. And so you actually go into the audience. And is that mainly just to go out and uh, be able to present from a different vantage point? Or are you actually engaging with the audience? Um, and asking them questions in real time?
2: It certainly depends on the nature of what it is that you're doing, but if at all possible, I will go into the audience yeah. and I will try to engage people. I'll ask them questions. I'll open the door for them to ask me questions. I may only get three questions, but it'll, it'll kind of set the tone. And I think when you tell the audience that I want you to be part of this journey with you, you can be much more effective. Mm-hmm. And so even a couple questions kind of says, hey, you're with me on this thing. Plus I'm looking you in the eye from five feet away, not from 300 feet away with a big you know, video screen behind me.
1: Yeah, well, I, I would imagine you know, with the technology background that you had and the cartography background that you had, you could have gone very, very deep down the rabbit hole of those two subjects uh, in any of your pitches. I'm guessing you chose not to do that. So how do you, you decide which points to hit um, in, in sort of describing or pitching your technology Uh, along the way and in answering that is it better to go broad and get people to ask you to go deeper or is it better to go a little bit deep show that you have the depth um, and then kind of leave it open
2: that's a great question, and I, I'm not sure you ever know whether you've hit it right. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you that... What do you shoot for? What do I shoot for? I typically shoot for probably somewhere in between those two things. Mm. I want to start a little bit on a broad level, and I want to give you the context from which I want to kind of share so that every it's consumable to everyone in the audience, yeah. especially the larger the audience, the more... To, you know, they say sometimes you got to talk to the lowest common denominator. I don't know if I want to go all the way to the lowest common denominator, <laughs> sure. but kind of I hint more towards that than not. Smaller audience where I know who the people are, I can kind of go a little bit deeper. Mm. But generally, I want to make sure that my the arc of my whole story is told, and then I can leave room for people to kind of pull you into the places that they're interested in, especially at a, like a tabletop pitch, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think the... A lot of entrepreneurs, especially first-time people pitching, want to tell the entire story at a decent depth in hopes that one of those things will resonate with the person across the table from them. That's completely the wrong way to do it. The right way to do it is to kind of make sure you go over at a surface level across the whole arc and let them ask you those things. By the way, not only will it uh, kind of focus you on the things that are important to them, but you've now pulled them into the conversation. And now they're, they're now part of it, as opposed to a bullhorn, you're now having a conversation.
1: Right. So especially
2: kind of in a, in a, like a table presentation, I wanna engage that person as quickly as possible.
1: So would you say that a good pitch is really a good conversation?
2: Again, I, you know, if two people at a table versus a thousand people in the audience, yeah. I, I, I'd say I want to find, broadly defined, the conversation in a large audience which is maybe why I go into the room and go and walk the tables and at least walk the stage a lot um, because I kind of want to engage them and look each group in the eye and try to say, hey, uh, if that's a conversation in in the broadest sense, yes, um, sure.
1: Well, I think that um, it's interesting because you're at a point right now where you really don't have to pitch what you're doing. You've created this amazing magnet here in, in Durham, North Carolina, but I think that your entrepreneurial roots Uh, and and just being around entrepreneurs as long as you have, you still have that pitch down. Whether it's for TSF, the startup factory, or for Big Top, the thing that you're doing with uh, career placement for high growth, high tech companies, you you see the opportunity when it's presented to, to kind of give your pitch. And you still do it in a conversational way, and it's natural. I don't feel like I'm being pitched, right? but by the time I leave, I'm bought in. right? And I think that that's uh, an important theme that, you know, you hear a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, especially on the technical side uh, say, you know, I don't want to have to pitch my product. The product will sell itself. Um, What's kind of your take on that from the the technical side?
2: Good luck with that. (laughs) I mean, maybe you're the one person that your product will, you know, be that instant viral thing and you won't have to do anything to kind of get it, you know, get it out there. Uh, Fortunately for the rest of us mere mortals, um, you know, the question is, uh, you know, I've dealt with tech, software tech companies all my life and I come from a, you know, somewhat tech uh, point of view, that's kind of still the bones of maybe who I am, but I've also been, I've, I've kind of evolved into a founder, a CEO, kind of an executive, a manager, or whatever you want to call that, and if that's going to be the route that you need, if you're going to be a founder of a company, you have to know how to pitch. And whether you're convincing investors or new employees or customers, and you know maybe you don't have to label it as a pitch. Maybe it's just being able to tell your story and tell it you know from a really good, authentic, your personality, passionate point of view. I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? Uh, maybe you don't have to get hung up in calling it a pitch. Maybe it's just telling your story in the most effective way possible. But you're gonna be- you better be able to convince people or at least share with people what you're doing. And then, you know, it's up to them. So for instance, my um, my big top reverse job fair, 12 to 14, 15 companies come, and instead of uh, the typical boring suits, ties, resumes, quiet, you know, kind <laughs> of existence, it's a, it's a circus with jugglers and acrobats, and the companies get three minutes on stage to quote, pitch the audience, unquote, about, why they should come work for their company Mm -hmm. now this makes sense in the tech world today because the leverage is not with the companies anymore you're a software developer you get to pick which company you go to right not the other way around so it levels it's a reverse pitch i call it a reverse job fair right but the whole idea here is that you better be able to convince people and get them fired up for what you're doing Mm -hmm. and i don't call that a pitch maybe it's a pitch i don't know but that was at least my concept and it seems to have worked really well the bad companies get up and just you know, do your PowerPoint, you know, send up the recruiting manager. Listen, they're important. We need the recruiting manager to go find people, but at the end of the day, the people that buy they buy into you know, the passion, they buy into the mission, right? That's, that's, you gotta sell that, right? Yeah,
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, we're talking a little bit about the pitch for established companies and, and the companies on the scale side of uh, the entrepreneurial growth cycle. Talk to me a little bit about the founders that you see here at at TSF, because I imagine you've seen thousands of pitches by now. Um, How many classes have you had now through the?
2: We've had seven cohorts, about 35 investments in three and a half years.
1: That's amazing, and and those companies, I know some have already been acquired, Uh, some are still raising subsequent funding. Right. Um, Of those companies that you selected and put through the process, um, first off, how did you choose them based on their application? And, and what was it about their pitch that made those to 35?
2: Sure, so um, it's funny, because we're talking about pitch here. Part of our application, and probably the most important part of our application, is a one to two minute video that we ask them to just give us a link to put it up on Vimeo or YouTube or wherever. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, a little secret is I hardly read the application, <laughs> but I watch every video.
1: That's good feedback.
2: And the, the first thing I'm trying to do is connect with you in some way. I will tell you, there's a story of two young guys, you know, sitting in front of their MacBook, you know, they probably practiced this a bunch of times, they're like, ready, ready, like, I didn't see this, of course, and they like, they press play, and they look at each other, and burst out laughing, okay? And they're like, all right, and then they just kind of started their pitch. Uh, That little human moment probably got them into the next round, Mm. because they didn't edit it out, they said, this is kind of who we are, and you know, I needed to connect with people at some not just about the idea, but you as a person. Yes. Because I can tell you the best way for you to use an accelerator, any accelerator, but especially TSF, is we want someone who has that kind of that personality that just has a kind of a humble nature, has a curious nature, loves to get this kind of you know, tidal wave of disparate advice and then wants to process all that Mm -hmm. Um, and I can see that sometimes in the personality in the video
1: so what what characteristics in the personality uh, stand out to you in that video you know is it it, it how they talk is it how they carry themselves or it's probably I'm guessing it's some combination yeah I mean
2: if if it was a if I could actually pinpoint it and measure it, yeah. right? I would, I would probably, I, that would be my new startup, right? right? right, right. Um, so I don't know what it is. I tell people sometimes it's like pornography, the definition of pornography. I don't know how to define it, right. but I know it when I see it. And so now I also have a partner in crime here, Dave Neal, and, and we've now bought, been through seven, probably been through just under a thousand applications and you know, through that whole funnel of getting these 35 investments. We have ways, and, and, and like anything else, the more you do it, the more you kind of see, mm. um, yeah, this works, this doesn't work. And then you have a combination of at least two or three heads in the game kind of pulling and, and pushing. Um, uh, interesting, our selection process is very simple as we go through each round. So the okay. first round we cut down to 35 people. And uh, we put, all the, you know, put the whole applications in a spreadsheet and then we vote yes, maybe no. Okay. that's it, really simple rubric and so the yes yeses are easy, the no no's are easy, Um, maybe even the maybe maybes are okay it's the yes no's or the no yeses that we really need to talk about, what did I see that you said no to or vice versa and so then we spend a lot of time kind of on that group and what is it that we saw or didn't see and that's when you know sometimes it's personality, sometimes it's the way they have, maybe it was the team dynamics, which is always one clue, by the way.
1: Absolutely. Is
2: there two people, three people in the video, but only one person does all the talking? Well, certainly that's a signal.
1: Absolutely. So you're looking for team-oriented businesses, and so if, if there's a team involved and there's only one person on the video, that's communicating something.
2: It's communicating something, either overtly or or not, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's
1: important for everyone on the team to be able to, to pitch at some
2: level. I, I, we yeah, everyone should be pitching. Everyone should be able to pitch. I mean, our first couple weeks, we work on the elevator pitch, and I'll I'll make the uh, the introverted software dev lead do the pitch some days. That's just awesome. To, just to say, okay, you know, hey, someday you might be sitting on an elevator and or an airplane, or sitting in front of you know, interesting you know commentators saying asking questions. You got to be able to tell that 30 second version of your story.
1: Well, so so what makes a good elevator pitch? If I run into you here in the underground, let's say we didn't get introduced by a mutual uh, friend, and we're just riding the elevator together, and I've got 20 seconds. 20
2: seconds. Yeah, game on, right? Game on. Game on. Uh,
1: How would you want to be pitched?
2: How would I want to be pitched? we have an interesting idea. We're trying to operate in this space. I give me a little bit of context. Yep. Here's what we've accomplished to date and here's what our next steps are. Um, and if you could leave me a little bit of mystery that make me wanna say, stop that elevator. I need to talk to you some more. Yeah. That would be great. So, But give me a little context, give me a little bit of data and then tell me what the next steps are.
1: That's great. So it's, it's almost like uh, here's, here's the opportunity Here's the traction, and then you, you're hooking your attention yep. to get you to the next.
2: Right, you're not going to close them. Right, what you just I, you just want to be able to get more of my time. Yeah. Right. So That's it's sort attention. of like
1: here's where we're going. We're already getting there, but we think you might be able to help. Here's here's how.
2: So remember, I said earlier, go to the end yeah. and look to the beginning. So yeah. you know, an elevator pitch. What you're saying to yourself, all right? my goal the end goal is I want to get more time from this person I want this person to say here's my email or here's my phone number give me a call or do you got ten minutes now
1: that's your target
2: your target is to say I want I want to get this the next meeting right whether it's a minute from now or a week from now so if that's your target what do I have to say to be able to get that Mm. so if you're sitting in front of a thousand people and you want 500 new Twitter followers you might want to mention your Twitter handle but you might (laughs) want to say something interesting about here's what you can find when you follow me, right? If that's what your goal is. Mm-hmm. If your goal is, I wanna get that next meeting or the goal is I want to get an investment, tell me what are the things that I need to hear that make someone go, I need to know more.
1: Well, t- let's, let's take it to the next step. Let's say, you know, you've got your companies that are about to go on stage for their demo day, which you host here in Durham, North Carolina. Right. How do you prepare for a demo day? And uh, I, I'm guessing you give, what, five? Eight or, minutes. All right, somewhere in between, eight yeah. minutes, that's yeah. great. So, what do you what do you coach those entrepreneurs to do in that eight minutes that they didn't do in the twenty second elevator pitch?
2: Got it. Uh, so, if we do nothing else well, we do good pitch. Yeah. So, we've heard that great feedback from investors who've been to Y Combinator, TechStars. All the pitches say you guys do good pitch, and I'll tell you our formula, and it comes down to just a few basic things. Uh, if we have a 12-week program. Mm-hmm. The last three weeks, we're working on pitch. Wow. Three weeks of pitch prep. Wow. Every single day.
1: 25% of your accelerator is the pitch.
2: Every single day, you will pitch. To Dave and I, we don't bring in too many people because actually more cooks, more chefs spoil that soup. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So if you're getting feedback, whether you're in an accelerator or you've created your own accelerator of mentors it's better to get the advice of maybe two to five. And the
2: same two all the way along. Because if you keep asking opinions, you're going to get more opinions. It's, it's a subjective, not an objective thing. So, uh, and what happens is everyone has an opinion about what they like and what they don't like, and there's no real right answer. At the end of the day, what we tell the entrepreneurs, listen, this has got to be you. I just try to bring out in those three weeks their natural personality, and then make it a little bit bigger.
1: So explain to me why you spent an entire three weeks on the pitch and what does that look like?
2: So uh, one of the things that, I mean, the most obvious piece of advice is the more you pitch, the better you get, okay? So we wanna get at least a minimum of 25 reps just with us. Mm -hmm. You're doing it another one to two times a day, either by yourself, maybe with your co-founder, maybe with your mirror and your phone, right? So we expect you to kind of take know 50 to 60 versions of this over this three-week period mm-hmm. but what ends up happening is the first week it's more about these big building blocks kind of the basic structure of the story you want to tell okay. and we care less about the specific words or even about your mannerisms right we're just trying to like does this seem to make sense does this does this arc kind of feel right and that's different for each company right yeah and depends on what they have to say and you know part vision part mechanics part product part uh, you know traction right all those things
1: and so, you, do you actually map that out with them
2: I mean there's we follow kind of a basic uh, kind of you know the five basic steps of you know what the problem is what the solution is what the team is and like so it follows those kinds of things yeah and by the way like follow that like there's a reason <laughs> that that's kind of like the standard right right I always get kind of chuckle at people who kind of break that and I'm like well, wh- why are you, why do you think you're different right just people expect that. Keep that, those basic building blocks. Follow right? the
1: pattern, it's, Follow the pa- it's, like, it's like web design, right? Put the search box on the upper right, yeah. put the home button on the upper left.
2: Just, it's just the way we do it, right? Yeah. Um, the second week, uh, we start to get into kind of, uh, we're, we're, past, we're past the building blocks and we're now starting to kind of optimize mm. kind of the wording and sometimes we end up kind of well too long on this piece or you know what i need a little bit more here in this block because i think there's an opportunity to say more and at, by the end of that week we're starting to get into kind of maybe good phrases and you know and what ends up happening is words start actually being eliminated right and we end up being able to kind of say more with less yes. right by then the second week and then the third week we're really starting to find like some really good phrases and then we're then we uh, kind of we're, we're bringing it home with then the kind of stylistic things. Right. Build in some pauses here. Repeat that phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, we may be working on kind of your personal style. Are you a kind of a stand in one place, kind of like a TED thing, where you're kind of you're in the circle, or are you a person that you know likes to go big with the hands? Right. And so let's make sure you, you want to use the whole stage.
1: Is there anything in the the phrasing and, and the words? Um, that is sort of tried and true way of finding what those key phrases or what those keywords are or is it more of a you just kind of know them when you hear them
2: I think you know them when you hear them okay. and and Dave and I both you know we will will pop ideas at people uh, sometimes I'll just stand up and go well hey try this on for size and I'll try kind of a version and it's almost like music where you're kind of riffing and so we'll try to riff, especially in those first two weeks, there's a lot of riffing going on yeah. about, well, I don't know, that doesn't resonate with me. I'm not feeling that part. Uh, what can we do here? And what are you thinking here? And so you just, sometimes you stumble upon them. Um, you know, every day they show up, sometimes they've just, they're just doing the same thing yesterday again. And sometimes they come back, it's like I got a complete kind of rewrite. I'm rethinking this whole thing. Let me try this out. Yeah. So through it all, all the machinations, uh, we end up at a really good product.
1: So don't be af- afraid to kind of play around with it, uh, just to see if something pops out of that, exactly. that, that maybe the new approach, 90% of it isn't used.
2: I will tell you though, and I'm gonna anticipate your next question, sure. which is, you know, who are the companies that either fail at this or are the companies that don't do well? Yeah. Why do they not do well? Yes, absolutely. I can boil it down to one thing and one thing only. Okay. They do not work the process. They, they, they I'll have them come in at the end of week one and they haven't worked on it they haven't spent the time on it I I tell the usually the founders usually the or the CEO or whatever the person who's got that lead role uh, you know they usually going to be the one that pitches and what I'll tell them is you better be spending two to three hours a day including the 20 minutes 30 minutes with us Mm -hmm. Um, you better be spending a couple hours a day on this doing the pitch yourself Doing it in front of the mirror, maybe writing down an outline, or some people actually kind of will script the whole thing out, and then we throw the script away. I don't care how you get there, mm-hmm. but you're going to be working this every day. Yeah. And invariably, it's the people who go, like especially you know some people who, you know, they're a little more charming, maybe they're more comfortable on stage. Yeah. They're like, I can just wing this. But you know what? What I tell them is, you'll wing it, and you'll do an okay job, but you'll be sitting there with you know we'll have six companies pitch, and the five that practiced it, who ironed it down, will be over here, and you'll be over here. You'll stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. So you may be good inside your own little viewpoint of your world, because that's what you do, but compared to everyone else, you'll look sloppy, and...
1: You didn't work the process. You didn't
2: work the process. It works, and I wanna get it to muscle memory time, not practice time, Yes. where yeah, you're just sure. up there, and you're having a conversation, and now your personality starts to kinda of come out, because the words are almost secondary because you've honed those over the 40, 50 reps you've done. And that's how we do a good pitch.
1: So I have to ask, do you have any favorites? You know, I'm sure you, you love all of the ones that come out of the startup factory, um, but do you have any favorites, whether they were in TSF or, or outside, that just blew you away?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, there, there's a couple favorites and the ones that are usually my favorite, so a couple things. One is, again, invariably their best pitch, is the one on pitch day. Mm-hmm. Like almost I, 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 maybe I can think of one or two out of the 35 that didn't bring their best pitch on the day of which is really cool to see. That's amazing. But It's that, a lot of
1: pressure to be able to perform under that.
2: Well I think again if you practice it it becomes more me- muscle memory and as long as we create an environment that's kind of relaxed and that they're comfortable with then they just it just happens. You just run the race, yeah. right? Um, but. I think some of my favorites are the ones who maybe brought it the farthest, maybe struggled at the beginning or kind of even maybe a few days before were kind of like, I'm not feeling it. And then they come in and they just kind of, they run that sub 10 second 100, right? (laughs) And you're like, oh my God, that was amazing, right? And uh, there's a couple that I just thought, like one guy I thought just, he sometimes would race a little bit too far and kind of get, his words would go fast, and he just found his zen moment. Mm. And and like his pauses were just like, wow, right? They just, you know, the pauses just just made it work, right? And uh, I love some of those moments.
1: I I definitely believe that being able to relax in the moment is something that, when you're on stage, you feel like a one second pause is like a minute, right? right? Because you have so much to say and so little time. But that's really great feedback on being able to pause for emphasis, right?
2: Pauses are huge. First of all, I mean, if you think about this, like kind of eating food, like you need palate cleansers. You need time to move from the appetizer to the entree. And you need time to digest that. And our minds need that as well. So a couple well-placed pauses allow people to kind of go, got it, process it. And then you say, then then with your voice or your mannerisms, you say, now we're going to take it to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. And you're like, OK, I'm, I'm with you. And if you kind of race through that, people you can't catch up, right?
1: Indigestion, and, and you can't digest it, right. and you miss stuff, right? right. Um, That's a great metaphor.
2: Yeah. So, uh, back to one of the things you, you just mentioned that I think is interesting. I always tell them, listen, um, the day of, do it one more time in the morning because we usually do our pitch days at night, and then don't do it. Like, there's nothing you can do to change this at this point. So just now, it's just time to let it rock, right? So don't yeah. practice it 16 more times the day of so
1: that's that's a really good game time coaching yeah. right there what, what were some of the other things about the, the pitches that you really loved um you know you mentioned that this guy was able to kind of relax and find his own groove uh it hit the pauses just right um was there another one that you could think of that you just were like wow that was that was it
2: um one of our little things we mentioned in the third week, we're trying to work out some personal mannerisms and kind of let your personality come, come, come free, right? Uh, one of the things we try to encourage people to do is smile. Mm. It's amazing what a smile will do to just relax people and kind of bring them in. Uh, when you pause and smile, it's like, by the way, if you're on your phone, what are you gonna do?
1: You're gonna look up. You're gonna look up. Absolutely. Right?
2: And then you see someone smile and you're like, oh my God, what's coming next, right? (laughs) So again, when you see maybe someone who's a little bit more introverted, right? And they're kind of, you know, that's not maybe kind of who they are, but to see them kind of find their kind of, you know, inner pitch God, right? And kind of (laughs) just like bring that. You're just like, I'm standing there going like, they nail it, right. right? And then you, yeah, and then I'll, you know, I'll usually maybe being off stage, and I'll watch the, I'm watching the audience more than I'm watching them, and you see people kind of look up, and you see them kind of smile back. You're like, oh, they got them, they right. got them in, they're in.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. If you have any thoughts or feedback on the conversation with Chris, let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Also, check out the live stream of our VIP Fireside event on October 16th at the Industrious Office in Raleigh, North Carolina. We'll be live streaming it on Facebook, and you can hear Chris and many other guests talk about the topic, Why Tech Thrives in Raleigh, Durham. So be sure to check it out. And as always, to be among the first to hear the stories about entrepreneurs, investors, and other tech leaders outside of Silicon Valley, subscribe to us on iTunes at powderkeg.com forward slash iTunes. We'll catch you next time on Powder Keg Igniting Startups.